Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Phi Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanu, and today we're going to talk about understanding the value of your employer's stock. And more specifically, we're going to discuss how to better understand the critical factors driving its value, and most importantly, how taking the time to do a deep dive on your employer's stock can empower you to leverage your firm's equity for financial success. That's why in today's episode, we'll touch on topics like the impact of corporate leadership, the power of large shareholders, the external factors affecting your company's value, and how to understand the financial metrics that can shape your company's stock value. My hope is that by understanding these factors, you'll be equipped to make better informed decisions regarding your company's stock concentration in either your 401k or equity awards and know when it might be time to diversify your holdings based on your understanding of changes in your employee's strategic vision growth potential, and other financial developments. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. If you contribute to your employer's 401k or receive equity awards, you may occasionally find yourself struggling with understanding how the value of your employee's stock can affect your wealth and overall financial independence plans. And if you find yourself in this position, then know that you're not alone. In fact, this was an issue that Craig, a highly skilled software engineer, faced as he was considering his overall financial situation. Now, Craig worked at a cutting-edge technology company called Inatech, which specialized in developing innovative software solutions for a wide range of clients. And in addition to his generous salary, Craig received a sizable portion of his annual income in the form of equity compensation, which is a common practice among tech companies to attract and retain top talent. Now, although Craig was handsomely compensated, stated he found himself perplexed by the complexities of his equity-based compensation. While he knew that the value of his company's stock played a significant role in his overall wealth, he lacked a clear understanding of all the factors that drove the stock's value. As a result, Craig felt indecisive about whether to hold on to his concentrated company's stock or whether to diversify his holdings to reduce his investment risk exposure and preserve his wealth. And finally, one day after a water cooler discussion with a coworker that left him baffled about what was happening with this company's stock, Craig finally decided that he needed to take control of his financial future by gaining a deeper understanding of what was actually happening with this company's stock. Craig believed that by comprehending the dynamics of the industry, he could better predict the near and long-term value of his wealth. And through diligent research, Craig discovered that several factors impacted Inatech's competitive landscape, including market share, barriers to entry, and disruptive technologies. And that's when he realized that by staying informed about these factors, he can make more informed decisions about his company's stock. Craig also learned that evaluating his employer's earnings releases was essential in understanding the financial health of Inatech. That's why he began to closely follow the company's quarterly and annual reports, paying particular attention to key data points such as revenue growth, earnings per share, and executive guidance for future performance. And as Craig dug deeper into his company's financials, he realized that it would be beneficial to seek the expertise of third-party research to obtain an objective perspective on the value of his company's stock. That's because Craig 
Craig understood that being an employee of Inatech might inadvertently introduce bias into his analysis, making it difficult for him to impartially assess the stock's value. In the end, Craig's efforts to educate himself about Inatech's competitive environment and financial health, coupled with the objective insights provided by third-party research, empowered him to make well-informed decisions regarding his company's stock. With a clear understanding of the factors driving the value of his company, Craig could now confidently decide whether to hold on to his concentrated stock position or diversify his holdings to reduce his risk exposure and preserve his wealth. Now, what Craig's story is meant to drive home is that all too often, individuals receive an equity award or contributions to their 401k in the form of company stock with the hope that its value will rise simply to the moon and never stop. But what if it doesn't happen? That's why if you're serious about leveraging your company's stock to create your own path to financial independence, you'll need to understand what your company's stock is worth and the critical factors that can drive its price either higher or lower. So what is a stock worth? Well, the value of a stock ultimately comes down to what a buyer is willing to pay for the ownership of that stock at a given point in time. Now, over the long term, the price of a stock is primarily driven by future earnings expectations of the underlying company. And in the near term, it can be influenced by company-specific factors like corporate leadership, industry developments, and broader changes in laws and the economy. So with so much space to cover regarding stock valuation, where should a newly initiated do-it-yourself stock analyst begin? Well, if you know nothing else about the value of your company's stock, the very least you can do is begin by understanding your company from the inside out. To start, take the time to better grasp the vision and the values of your company and how your leadership team intends to take you there. This approach is critical because even the most well-funded, well-positioned firms can experience a slow death when executives fail to crystallize a vision for their organization, eventually leading to costly near-term tactics at the expense of profitable long-term strategies. And so how do you gain this understanding? Well, as a corporate insider, one of the most essential ways for you to gain insight in your company's vision and direction is by attending corporate town hall meetings. Indeed, attending a corporate town hall can be an excellent way for you to better understand market conditions and industry trends that can impact your firm and ultimately your stock's value. That's because during a town hall, leadership within the organization likely will provide you with updates on the company's financial performance, growth initiatives, and market positioning. So for example, if your company is investing in new technologies or expanding into new markets, this may indicate an expectation by leadership of growth in those areas. And if your company is cutting back on its workforce headcount or exiting markets altogether, it could be a sign of potential negative developments to watch. What's more, attending a town hall can provide you with an opportunity to ask questions and engage with company leadership. This approach can help you better understand the factors driving the company's performance and growth prospects. And by engaging with company leadership, you can also gain insights into the company's culture and values, which can have a long-term impact on earnings performance and ultimately stock value. Now, attending a corporate town hall is just one way of getting an insider's view on the direction of your company and its earnings potential. So if your company doesn't host town halls or does so in free Frequently, what you should do is pay attention to the specific messaging that your leadership is communicating during your weekly or bi-weekly team meetings. Indeed, by staying informed and engaged with company leadership, you can better equip yourself to make more informed decisions about your equity awards and contributions to your 401k. That's because at a basic level, this knowledge can help you better understand the company's strategic vision, growth prospects, and more crucially, potential changes coming down the pipe.
Now, another critical component to understanding the driving value of your company's stock is knowing who are the largest shareholders. This knowledge is essential because large shareholders can have a significant influence over your company's decision-making processes. Indeed, if you understand who these shareholders are, you may be better equipped to anticipate the direction of your company will take and how it might affect your overall equity compensation. And how so? Well, large shareholders may have a significant impact on the stock price of your company because they have a vested interest in the company's performance. For example, if your company is a poor performer, a large shareholder may push for significant changes that it could affect not just your compensation, but your overall job security as well. And if a large shareholder decides to sell their shares, it could cause the stock price to drop and the value of your net worth to fall along with it. Now, finally, understanding who the largest shareholders of your company are can be essential if you're considering your own exit opportunities. That's because if a potential buyer or an investor is looking to acquire your company, then understanding who the largest shareholders are and what the priorities may be can help you make a more informed decision about whether to diverse your own shares or to hold on for the long term. So now that you have a basic idea of how the value of your company's stock is influenced by company leadership and by large stakeholders who have a direct or indirect say in the direction of your firm, Let's take a moment to discuss the external factors that influence the earnings potential of your firm and hence the potential value of your stock. Now, one way to understand how external factors can influence the value of a company is through the lens of Porter's Five Forces. So what is Porter's Five Forces? Well, it's a model that helps businesses understand the five critical factors that affect the competitive landscape they operate in and was developed by Michael Porter, a Harvard Business School professor. Now, while there's much to be said about each of the five factors individually at a high level, it's critical to understand that the value of your company's stock can be affected by these forces in a few ways. For example, if you work for a company that operates in an industry with high barriers to entry, then it likely can reduce the threat of new entrants and increase your firm's profitability, which in turn can increase the value of your stock award. In a similar way, if your company operates in an industry with strong bargaining power over buyers and suppliers, it increases its profitability and the value of its company stock. Now, on the other hand, if your company operates in an industry with high rivalry among existing competitors or many substitute services exist, it can reduce its profitability and the value of your company's stock over time. And what's more, if your industry faces disruptive changes or the emergence of new technologies alter the dynamics of your industry, it can have a significant impact on your firm's bottom line. That's why a company's success or failure to navigate these forces can have significant implications for the value of your company's stock and your ultimate net worth. Now, while there's much that can be said about how a firm positions itself in an ever-changing competitive landscape, two areas where your company leadership has some control is in how they drive earnings. And this includes how they position their products and their services in the marketplace and also the clients they choose to serve. Now, by understanding the trends in these two factors, you can gain a high-level sense of where your company may be headed and, most importantly, the future value of your company. Indeed, from a products and services perspective, understanding your company's core offerings is essential because it can help you gain an insight into whether your firm is delivering on its vision, its values, and its goals. That's because a firm's vision, values, and goals serve as the foundation for its product positioning strategy. And as you'll likely recall, a vision statement outlines your firm's long-term aspirations and defines what it wants to achieve in the future. 
A firm's values, on the other hand, reflect the principles and the beliefs which can guide its actions and decisions, and its goals provide a clear roadmap for the firm to achieving that vision. So how do these three elements fit together within the context of your company's products and services? Well, without a clear alignment between your firm's offerings and its vision, its values, and its goals, your employer may struggle to identify its target market and develop an effective product roadmap that meets its customer needs. That's why if your firm positions its products and services in a way that contradicts its values, it can damage its brand and its reputation. And ultimately, a misalignment between your firm's offerings and its visions and its values and its goals can lead to poor earnings performance. For example, a company that prides itself on sustainability and environmental responsibility should not offer products that harm the environment. And so if a firm positions its products and services in a way that doesn't align with its vision, its values, and its goals, it risks losing customers and damaging its brand reputation. That's because customers are more likely to be loyal to a brand that aligns itself with its values and a misalignment can cause customers to ultimately lose trust in the firm. Another way that a misalignment can lead to poor earnings performance is by a lack of differentiation from its competitors. What this means is that if the company you work for positions its products and its services in the same way as its competitors, then it's likely to struggle to stand out in the marketplace. And why is this important? Well, it's important because differentiation is crucial in the competitive landscape and a firm that does not differentiate itself through its vision or its value or goals risks losing market share. And a decline in market share can lead to lower corporate earnings and hence threaten the value of your overall company stock. Now, another factor to consider when it comes to the earnings ability of your employer and hence the value of your stock award is your firm's target market and its largest clients. So why should you care about who your company's largest clients are? Well, understanding who your biggest customers are can help you gain better insights into the competitive landscape, your company's strengths, weaknesses, as well as how your employer is positioning themselves in the marketplace. Indeed, the biggest customers of a company often generate a significant portion of its revenue. Therefore, if you have an understanding of who your biggest customers are, then you'll better be able to understand your company's financial stability and its prospects for growth. From this perspective, having some insight into your biggest customers can also help you better understand their needs and their preferences. This perspective can be a critical insight because it will tell you whether internal product development, marketing, or customer service initiatives are all in alignment with what's most valuable to your clients and your firm's ability to deliver products and services that meet those needs. Again, when a misalignment exists, there's a chance that a new entrant into the marketplace could entice your firm's largest customers away to their firm, potentially dealing a blow to future earnings and revenue growth at your company. And a final component for understanding your company's value and how it may affect your stock award or the value of stock held in your 401k is actually taking a deep dive into your company's financials. That's because looking into the financials can help you know if your company is well-funded and has rising revenues, or on the other hand, whether your company is underfunded and revenues are in decline. And central to this insight is understanding the concept of corporate earnings. So what are corporate earnings? Well, a company's corporate earnings refer to its profits after all expenses and taxes have been paid. When a company's earnings increase, it usually means the company is doing well and its stock price may increase. 
On the other hand, if a company's earnings are in decline, its stock price may also fall along with it. Now, as you're evaluating your employer's corporate earnings from one quarter to the next, there are a variety of fundamental factors you should consider, the first of which is revenue growth. Now, revenue growth is the lifeblood of a company. If your firm's revenues are consistently increasing, it's a good sign that the company is on a solid growth trajectory. However, if revenue growth is stagnant or declining, it may indicate that your company is facing challenges and growing its sales metrics. And while revenues are important, as the old saying goes, it doesn't matter how much you make, but how much you keep. And this is where profitability comes in. Now, this metric can be challenging to evaluate at times, especially if your company is still pre-IPO or in an early growth phase. Even so, it's essential to look at your company's net income and gross margins over time to evaluate whether these metrics are growing or in decline. That's because if your company is consistently profitable, it's a good sign that your firm is well-managed and has a sustainable business model. Now, if operating expenses are increasing faster than revenue growth, it may indicate that the company is not managing its expenses effectively, which could impact future earnings. With that said, however, for early growth companies, if profitability is low now due to increased expenses, you'll need to evaluate whether this comes from investment outlays in the present that may set your company up for future growth down the road. Now, another factor to consider from a financials perspective is how your firm is funding its operations. For example, when a company issues new shares of stock to large investors to fund operations, it can dilute the firm's value to existing shareholders. This means that the value of your stock award or the shares held in your 401k may decline if the company issues new shares. With that said, however, if your company's earnings increase as a result of this fresh investment of new shares, then the value of your stock award or your contributions within your 401k may also rise as well. And finally, as you're evaluating your firm's financials, what you want to consider is the trends in these key metrics. Indeed, you'll want to evaluate whether your firm is increasing revenue over time, whether rising expenses can be justified with respect to future potential sales growth, and whether additional external funding will benefit your company's long-term growth prospects and hence the expected future share price of your company's stock. And while reviewing trends in your firm's financials certainly is useful, comparing results to industry competitors can often provide you more insight into whether your company is ultimately delivering increasingly higher value to shareholders, including yourself. You can do this by taking a moment to review the financials of your firm's top three competitors. Then as you begin your analysis, consider the competitive landscape, the industry and company-specific factors, the market trends, and evaluate how they all as a whole may be affecting your company's share price. For instance, when it comes to the competitive landscape, take the time to identify your company's main competitors and evaluate how they're performing. Then ask whether they're gaining market share or they're losing it, what their strengths and their weaknesses might be, or how does your company compare to their company's performance. And by asking these questions, you'll not only gain a better insight into the competitive landscape, it can also help provide you with a valuable awareness into your company's relative performance. Now, depending on the industry, there may be specific factors that affect financial performance performance from one industry to the next. For example, in the technology industry, innovation and R&D spending may be critical to maintaining a competitive edge, especially for early stage companies in their high growth phase. In contrast, earnings for firms in the pharmaceutical industry likely will be affected by factors like regulatory approvals and patent expirations. 
And with respect to market trends in the competitive landscape, ask yourself whether sales and profits are growing across the industry or whether they're in decline. If the industry is growing, it's important to consider whether your company is keeping up with the overall industry growth rate. And if the industry growth rate is in decline, it's also essential to consider whether your employer is able to maintain its respective market share and profitability in such an environment. Finally, it's critical to take a long-term view when evaluating the performance of your company and its competitors. Again, consider the industry trends and competitive landscape over the next several years, and then ask yourself, how is my company best positioned to take advantage of opportunities and overcome challenges in the industry? Now, based on your response, evaluate how your company's strategy compares to its competitors in terms of their long-term prospects. Overall, when evaluating the performance of your company and the competition in the same industry and marketplace, you should consider a variety of factors that can affect sales growth and ultimately profitability. So with all this talk about performing a financial analysis on your company's stock, you may be asking yourself, you know, where exactly can I find this information? Well, as a first step in evaluating your firm's financials, you should check to see if the company you work for is required by law to disclose certain financial information. Now, if your company is publicly traded, it likely will file periodic reports with the Securities and Exchange Commission or the SEC, which are publicly available and can be accessed in many cases through either your company's website or at the very least through the SEC's Edgar database. Now, these reports contain financial statements and other information that can help you understand your company's financial performance and its financial prospects. And if your company is pre-IPO or privately held, it may still be required to provide certain financial information to its shareholders and to its employees. You can check your employment contract or equity compensation plan to see if it includes provisions for the company to provide you with certain financial information, and if so, where you can find it. And for a privately held company, if you're still having trouble tracking down this information, one way to determine the value of your privately held stock award is to review your firm's latest 409A valuation. So what is a 409A? Well, a 409A valuation is a type of valuation performed for privately held companies to determine the value of the company's stock and is typically used when filing returns with the IRS. Now, when a 409A valuation is completed, it's typically done by an independent valuation firm, which will consider a range of factors when determining the fair value of your company's common stock. These factors may include the company's financial performance, growth prospects, market conditions, and the value of comparable companies. Now, if your company is not legally required to disclose financial information in a public way, you can try to request financials from your company directly. You can do this by speaking with your manager or your human resources department to see if there's a process for obtaining this kind of information. Now, it's crucial to keep in mind that privately held companies may not provide the same level of financial disclosure as public companies. That's why it may be more difficult to obtain accurate and up-to-date financials. And in some cases, you may need to rely on other qualitative factors that we talked about before, such as your company's industry and market conditions to estimate the value of your stock award. Now, one final way to better understand your company's financials and what it might mean for the value of your stock award or the stock that's held in your 401k is to review analyst opinions on the financial health of your firm. Indeed, reviewing a third-party analyst evaluation of your company stock is essential because it can provide you with an independent perspective on the value of your company stock and its growth prospects. These evaluations are typically conducted by financial analysts who specialize in researching and analyzing specific companies and industries and who also have access to a wide range of financial data and market trends. What's more, third-party analyst evaluations can help you objectively understand the risks and the opportunities associated with your equity award and help you make more informed decisions about company holdings in your 401k. 
401k. So where can you find these third-party reports? Well, you can generally start your research by visiting financial news websites like Yahoo Finance or Bloomberg News. These resources can, in many cases, provide you with access to research reports and analyst ratings that offer valuable insights into your company's financial performance and growth prospects. Another option is to seek out research reports from your brokerage firm. That's because many brokerage firms offer research reports and analyst ratings as a service to their paying clients. And if your broker offers such a service, then these reports can be another useful tool if you're looking to stay up to date on the value of your company's stock. And if you're really dedicated to understanding the value of your company's stock and want an objective opinion but don't want to take the time to search for it, then in many cases, you can work with an independent research firm to gain access to its reports. Either way, gaining access to third-party research can save you a lot of time and hassle as you're doing the work to better understand the value of your company's stock. Now, we've covered a lot of ground here today in terms of the steps you can take to evaluate the value of your company's stock and how it may ultimately affect the value of your stock award and the holdings within your 401k. And if you're not sure where to start, take a lesson from Craig and how he applied some of the approaches we discussed here today to better understand the value of his own company's stock. You'll recall that Craig's journey to gaining a deeper insight into the value of Inatech's stock was marked by first understanding whether the firm his work was doing was aligned with his leadership team's vision, values, and goals for the company. Then he took the time to explore the competitive environment to understand factors like market share, barriers to entry, and potentially disruptive technologies that could significantly impact his company's future earnings performance. Next, Craig began to closely monitor Inatech's earnings releases, evaluating critical data points like revenue growth, earnings per share, and management guidance. This information helped him gain insights into the financial health of the company and assess its growth prospects. And finally, Craig utilized third-party research to obtain an unbiased opinion on the value of Inatech's stock. And by integrating external analysis with his own understanding of the company's competitive landscape and financials, Craig was able to make more informed decisions about his equity compensation. Now, taken together, these steps ultimately enabled Craig to confidently evaluate the benefits and risks associated with his company's stock. And armed with a comprehensive understanding of Inatech's earning prospects and its competitive position, Craig could now make a well-informed decision about whether to hold on to his company's stock or diversify his holdings as he took one step closer to becoming the master of his own financial independence journey. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email your questions to questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Phi Mastery podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc., Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosures.